Hi, I'm Rock Beach. Our teaching text for today is from Philippians chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Philippians 1, 1, 2. Well, again, good morning and welcome, family. I'm so glad to be with you. I miss you. I really, I love you. I'm glad that we get to have this moment, and I can't wait to see you face to face. And listen, if I have not yet had the privilege of meeting you, uh, my name is Josh. I'm the teaching minister here at Clear Creek. And when we're back together, whenever that is, I just want to meet you. So please uh, come up, say hi to me. I'd love to get to know you. I invite you to open your Bible to the book of Philippians. We're going to begin a brand new series today called Finding Joy, because who doesn't need a little extra joy, especially in this season? And so we're going to dig into that here. I invite you to grab your Bible, get a pad of paper and a pencil or a pen, because we're going to each week kind of dissect this beautiful book about joy uh, together. Now, there's also an online sermon guide at our website, clearcreekcoc.org slash daily news and uh, you just get that follow along i'd love for you to be able to take notes as we go through this series together okay so if you're ready let's jump in this is philippians chapter one beginning in verse one it says this paul and timothy servants of christ jesus to all the saints in christ jesus at philippi together with the overseers and deacons. Overseers are elders. Deacons are what we call special servants. So together with the overseers and deacons, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. All right, now turn back just a few books to the letter to the Romans. Paul, the same man writing the Philippian letter, wrote to the church gathered in the city of Rome, and he writes these words, Romans 1, verse 1 through 7. Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God, the gospel he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures, regarding his son, Jesus, who, as to his human nature, was a descendant of David, and who, through the spirit of holiness, was declared with power to be the son of God by his resurrection from the dead. Jesus Christ, our Lord. Hang with me. Here's where he goes. Through him and for his name's sake, we received grace and apostleship to call people from among all the Gentiles to be the obedience that comes from faith. And you also are among those who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. Here we go. Verse seven. To all in Rome who are loved by God and called to be saints, grace and peace to you from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, turn to the next book. Go to Corinthians. We believe there were many letters to the Corinthian church, and the ones that we have that we call 1st and 2nd Corinthians may actually be like 3rd and 4th Corinthians or 7th and 8th. We, we don't know. But in the book we call 1st Corinthians, Paul begins that letter this way. Paul, called to be an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God and our brother Sosthenes. Love that name. 
to the church of God in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus and called to be holy, together with all those everywhere who call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours, notice this, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul begins 1 Corinthians, grace and peace. He begins 2 Corinthians, grace and peace. He begins Galatians, grace and peace. He begins Ephesians, grace and peace. Philippians, grace and peace. Colossians, grace and peace. To the letters to the Thessalonians, grace and peace. Uh, To his friend and his little protege, Timothy, and to Titus and to Philemon, grace and peace and peace. Paul begins every one of his 13 letters with grace and peace. Quick question. What would it be like? How would this world look different if every one of us began every one of our conversations with grace and with peace? He begins grace and peace. First, that word grace. That word grace is from the word charis. Everyone say charis. That's a great Greek word, charis. Now, it comes from the Greek word kairo, which means to rejoice or to be glad. Now, a standard greeting in the first century used a different Greek word. They used the word karain. Everyone say karain. Good job, I assume. Karain was used and meant more like greetings. But interestingly enough, while the uh, recipients, those in Philippi, would have been familiar with hearing karain, greetings, Paul doesn't give them greetings, he says charis. He doesn't give greetings, he gives grace. Grace, this word, it means joy or pleasure or favor. It has this idea of blessing. And one thing that is attached to this idea of grace throughout Scripture, if you just read the Bible, one of the things is you'll notice that grace is always a free gift from God. It is always freely given, never earned. In other words, when Paul says grace to you, he is saying joy to you, favor to you, satisfaction to you, pleasure and fulfillment and just good stuff to you. Isn't this a beautiful way to begin the letter? He says grace to you. And then he says next word and peace. Grace and peace, the word peace in Hebrew is the word shalom. Everyone say shalom. May you have shalom in your home this morning. So shalom in Hebrew and in the Greek, it is irene. And this word, this meaning is simply to have harmony, wholeness, that there would be unity in the pieces. It's this idea of not just that there's everything at rest, but it's this idea that the complexity of life, like a brick wall, brick upon brick upon brick, they all fit together perfectly. There is harmony. We hear harmony. uh, And I want you to think for a moment. We sang some songs earlier, and there are these beautiful chords that are put together when one voice sings one note, another voice, another note, another voice, another note, and they're different notes, but when they come together, there's this harmony That is peace. It is this idea that every part of your life, all the complexity, the different parts work together. He says grace and peace. Now, interesting little note about this word irene for peace. Throughout the New Testament, it's used many, many times. Only one time is irene used in the future tense, meaning it's about future events. 
All the other times it's used in the present tense. Here's what this means. This is so incredible. I want you to get this. Irene, peace. Only one time does the Bible in the New Testament talk about peace as something in the future, something later, something to be experienced after today. Every other use, every other time this word Irene is used, it is always in the present tense, meaning God says this peace, this wholeness, this harmony, this unity of parts, this sense that ah, all is well is available to you right now, Right here, today, you don't have to wait for the peace of God in the pieces of life. Isn't this good news, church? He says, grace to you, peace to you. May the joy of God, the fulfillment of God, the satisfaction of God, the wholeness of God. And by the way, this word peace, it's wholeness, it's it's this unity, but it really means every good thing. So, So Paul out of the gate, starts with this just this cataclysmic, this huge, huge, huge idea. He says, grace, joy, pleasure, satisfaction, and peace, harmony and wholeness to you. My goodness, you can't begin a letter better than grace and peace. And Paul, he always begins with grace and peace. I don't know about you, but I need grace and peace. I do. I need to hear it from others. I need to receive it. I need to soak in it. I need to sort of be drenched in this grace and this peace. And if you're anything like me right now, you're saying, yeah, I can use a little bit more grace in my life. I can use a little bit more joy, satisfaction, favor. And for some, you're going, man, what I need is I just need peace. I, I need this harmony, the sense that all is well, that the pieces of life work together, even though this world seems so up and down right now. I could use some grace and peace. And so here's the question. Okay, so, so what do we need to think about getting this grace and peace? Well, I want to give you two thoughts on how to find this joy, this grace and peace, even in a time when life is just kind of all over the place. Here's the first thing I want us just to think about. The first thing is this, that grace and peace come from God. Grace and peace comes from God. And I know as soon as you hear that, that seems so trite. That seems like something that you'd see embroidered on a pillow or maybe on a coffee cup. Maybe it's on someone's bumper. And you think, yeah, I've heard that. That means nothing. No, 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 no. I want you to think deeper with me this morning. I want us to ponder what it means that grace and peace come from God. See, that's what Paul goes on to say. He says in verse 2, Grace and peace to you. Notice this important word, from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. It's from God. I love it. There's this other time in the book of Acts chapter 17. Paul, same guy writing, he is now in a different city and he is with other people who don't know anything about this Hebrew God. And and he begins to describe this God to them. And he does it in this wonderful language. Notice what he says. This uh, This is Acts 17, 24 and 5. It says, The God, this God, gives everyone life and breath and everything else. In other words, Paul, when he's trying to describe this God they've never heard of, he says, you know the good things you love in life? You know that, that sense that all is well. You know when life just fits together. Oh, that, that's a gift from Him. The very breath you're breathing, the joy in your heart, the thrill in your life, all that, that is from God. In fact, there's another writer. His name is James. James was the earthly 
half-brother to Jesus Christ. Imagine growing up in that family. You can never be as good as your big brother. But James, I love what James writes in James 1.17. He echoes this idea that grace and peace come from God when he says these words. He says, every good and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father. Every good thing, every good thing that you have comes from God. Grace is good. It's from God. Peace is good. It's from God. If you want more grace and if you want more peace, if you need to know that all is well, even when the world says otherwise, it comes from God. Now, here's why I want you to to think deeper with me. And, And I just need to speak very plainly to you, so please pay attention to this next point. We live, as Americans, in an incredibly dangerous time. And I'm not talking about the coronavirus. In fact, the coronavirus, don't misunderstand what I'm about to say, but the coronavirus may actually be one of the greatest gifts to the American church. And here's what I mean by that. In the West, as Christians, we have grown up with more than any other culture, any other group of people in the history of the world. You eat better than Caesar. You eat better than Pharaoh. We live in nicer places with more security, with greater freedom than any other group of people in the history of the world. But as Christians, we know intellectually that grace and peace come from God. We know that. But here's what can easily begin to happen. We can say and believe that our grace and peace is coming from God while without knowing it, we're actually attaching our sense of grace and peace or our desire for grace and peace, not to God, but we're getting it from other things or other people. And this is not true grace. It's not true peace. It's a counterfeit type of grace and peace. But, but we can say uh, we trust God for our grace and peace, and yet we attach it to other things. And you say, well, okay, how do I know if it's attached to something instead of to God? Well, here's a simple way you can know if your grace and your peace in life is attached to something and not God. Here it is. If it is taken from you, are you still at peace? If you're still at peace when you lose your job, then that peace came from God. If you're still at peace, even though your health is not what it was and you're fearful, but you still have peace, that's from God. But the moment you lose your job, you lose your health, you lose a relationship, you lose something and your peace go, or your joy, your grace goes, then you know, oh no, I had attached my joy, my grace, my peace, my shalom to something and not to God. Now, now here's why I said a moment ago that this virus may be one of the greatest gifts to us as Christians in the West. Because in this moment, we get to know with greater certainty that we truly find grace, joy, satisfaction, pleasure, fulfillment, favor from God and God alone. And we get our peace from God and God alone. And it's a great litmus test for us to evaluate. Do I truly believe that everything good comes from God or do I believe that it's these other things that give me good stuff? And and I got to tell you, I don't like the season that we're in. It's not fun, but I'm so grateful because in the moment where I begin to worry because of something that's happening, it's a moment to remind myself that my peace never came from that thing. It only came from someone. It came from Jesus Christ. Every good gift comes from God. Grace, true grace, peace, true peace is only attached to God. Grace and peace to you from God, our Father. In fact, if you don't believe anything I'm saying, listen to the words of our Savior Jesus. 
in John 14, the night before he died, he said these words to his followers. He says to them, peace, I leave with you. My peace, I give you. And pay attention to this. He says, I do not give to you as the world gives. See, the world will give you something and then take it away from you. The world will give you a relationship and take it away, give you health, take it away, give you a job, take it away, give you safety, take it away, give you health, all these different things. But Jesus says, no, 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 no. I give, and when I give peace, I'm not going to steal it back from you. If you lose your peace, that peace that you thought you had was not real peace. It was from something other than for God. If you want unshakable peace, and if you want unshakable grace, that comes from God. That's first thought. Here's the second thought. Grace and peace come from God but it is often shared through others. Do you notice this? Paul, I love this. Paul is writing a letter where the first thing he says is grace to you, peace to you. I want great things to you. And it's all from God. It's from God. Yay, God. But notice they are being reminded of where it comes from through God's vessel, Paul. In other words, God uses you and me to be the conduit through which His grace and His peace goes from Him to others. This is an incredible thought. See, Paul actually believes that in this this book, and in particular this little letter that he is writing, he is firmly convinced that God is going to use His words to share and to give and embolden and pour out His grace and his peace on this wonderful little church in Philippi. He really believes it, that he gets to be a conduit of grace and peace. And here's a way to think about it. Um, a few minutes ago, Tim and I were plugging up some lights here, trying to get this room set so you could see me. I apologize. And so as we were getting things set up, we were, we were plugging some of these different lights in. Now, the light can produce or show light, but it requires power. And between the light and the power source is the cord. And so we plug the cord in. Now, here's what's so incredible about this. The cord cannot create power. The cord can only conduct power. It can simply take power from one location and run it to another location. Paul is saying he is the cord. He is the conduit receiving grace and peace and passing it along to this wonderful little church in Philippi. And I love this idea that church, we are not simply recipients of peace who receive it. We are not simply recipients of grace, but we now get to be the conduits of God's grace to one another. You get to be a conduit of grace to someone in your house church. And maybe it's even closer to that. You get to be a conduit of grace and peace to someone in your home right now. You get to be a conduit of grace to your neighbors. You get to be a conduit of grace to those who are around you. You, you have no idea what grace and peace I have received from you. And when we meet this Wednesday for prayer time at 12 noon, by the way, every week, Wednesday, 12 noon, on Facebook and Instagram, let's try that again, and Instagram, we get together to celebrate Jesus in prayer, and I am so encouraged by you. So, so hear me now, you... You certainly receive these things from God, but you now get to give them to others. In fact, this is one of the secrets to joy. One of the ways that we experience grace and peace more and more fully is in the act of sharing it with other people. 
It's the same way that grandparents, you know what this is like, and parents, you do too. You get that new baby, and it's just exciting. You're like, yes, there's another little human. They've got 10 fingers, 10 toes. They're awesome. And what do you do? You enjoy it yourself, but you enjoy it more as you get to share the good news with others. As we share the good news of God's grace and God's peace in our lives with one another, it simply multiplies what we get to enjoy. So if you want to know your first step, here it is. If you want to find joy in this season, begin every conversation with grace and peace. And by the way, it's interesting. Paul doesn't just begin his conversations with grace and peace. If you look at the very last verse of Philippians, Philippians chapter 4 and verse 23, notice Paul ends his whole letter with the same idea. He says, And the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. He begins with, May grace and peace be in you, and then it's, it's with you. Meaning after you've received it, now as you go, you get to share it. You get to kind of throw it out like candy at a parade. You're saying the grace and peace of God, the grace and peace of God. I get to share what God has shared with me. And I love, love, love that we get to be a part of what God is doing in this season. So are you ready? Here we go. Let me get very, very practical. Last couple things. How to be a conduit of grace and peace. There's two parts. Are you ready? First one is this. You get to be a conduit of God's grace and peace thus enjoying the benefits more yourself with your words, and number two, with your works. With your words and with your works. What you say and what you do. Paul is writing a letter, and he begins what he says with words of grace and peace. What would your conversations and how would your home, how would your neighborhood look if you begin this week every conversation graciously and peacefully? If everything you said, you evaluated it through the lens of grace and peace, like, well, I want to say this, but does that pass through grace and peace? Oh, no, it doesn't. I won't say it then. Or I want to say this, but that's not very gracious. What's a better way to say it? Or that's not a very peaceful idea. I'm not going to share things that create strife. I'm going to communicate things that share peace. See, one of the best things we can do is find ways to articulate grace and peace. The first way you can be a conduit is with your words. The second, though, is with your works. Now, I know this is the hard one right now because we're social distancing. And again, this is, but you got to remember, this letter was written by a man in prison. And not only that, Paul, he's, he's pouring out grace and peace, but his imprisonment, not this one, but a future one. That's right, he was in prison many times for the gospel. Because of his love for Jesus, He will be imprisoned and eventually he will be executed for Jesus. And he knows it. He knows it, that his choice of following Jesus is leading to his own death. But he still chooses Jesus because that's where grace and peace are found. And so he's imprisoned and you say, well, how in the world in this season of social distancing, how can I through my works show grace and peace? Well, here's the incredible thing. Paul in prison found a way to do it. And he was experiencing one of the ultimate social distances. So, so here's the way you could do it. You can pick up a phone. In fact, in just a moment, we're going to pass the peace as a church. I'll explain that. But you could pick up the phone and just call someone. You could text someone or send an email. I think about my friend, Don Haynes. He's one of the members here. He used to be an elder in this church. And I get texts from him all the time, just encouraging. And that's one of the things I would say to you is you can pick up the phone, you can text, you can email, or maybe with your neighbors. If you're just not sure, hey, do your neighbor's trash can need to be taken down to the road or back up to, from the road? 
Does your, your neighbor's yard need mowing? See, you don't have to be close to them to still express the grace and the peace of Jesus Christ to others. Grace and peace. And so here's what we're going to do. I'm going to invite you for just a moment. We're going to kind of put a timer up on screen. And I'm going to invite you to take a moment, 60 seconds, and to share the grace and peace of Jesus with someone else. Maybe it's in your own home. Maybe you want to pick up your device and text a friend. But whatever you want to do, we're going to put a timer up here. And I'm going to invite you to take 60 seconds, pass the grace and peace. Say, peace be with you in the name of Jesus. Or may the joy of the Lord be your strength. But share, you got 60 seconds. again, it's been such a joy to be with you. I can't wait to see you face to face, but know this, we are praying for you daily. We love you. If there's anything we can do for you, you let us know. We've got a few next steps we're going to put up on screen now because we want you to take your next step. Let us know how we can help you. God bless you. And as you go this week, may grace and peace be with you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. See you next week.